0: This week, Father Paul takes questions regarding his analysis of Genesis chapter 24. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Terazi Tuesdays. In verse 27, when the servant is grateful for the mercy of his Lord and his faithfulness, and the Hebrew word is emmet, which philosophers translate as truth. And even the King James of his mercy and his truth. But we know in Hosea four verse one, when God is looking for truth in the world, he's not looking for truth. He's looking for Emmet, which is faithfulness. So can you talk a little bit how this word Emmet functions? Very important.
1: I, I believe we dealt with it at one point, but it's good to repeat, even if I'm mistaken or not mistaken, again, if you are an Arab from the 50s and 60s of the Middle East, in other words, an Arab like me, you can see that it is there. Amet, let me begin with technicalities. You hear three letters: the Aleph, the Mem, and the Tau. But if you know Hebrew, you know that the original root is Aman, Aleph. Mem and noon. Again, for the general hearer, my students of Hebrew here in Saint Paul has been bombarded with that, that noon is so-called a weak consonant that gets geminated or disappears or so the root aman is rich and very versatile. And it is through it that you can connect all these possible potential translations. Because of our languages, we have the impression that it's a different, really. Faithfulness is not the same thing as this and that is not the same thing as But for a Semitic ear, the connection is through the basic meaning. You have always to begin with the basic meaning and see how it spreads. Aman means to secure peace and prosperity and good. But the securing is through a word which is necessarily in this case a promise, like you know, I promise to give you peace. So now, before this happens, let's go for the Arabic, you have to, we say, Amana. How do you translate it? In Arabic, I know how to translate it. But for me, it's the same route. Your ammana is to trust what I just said. And when you trust, you accept my word as being amin, which means sure, assured. you can see the connection. Like I tell you, we have a plan, let's say Father Mark and so we're gonna do that. First, the hearers have to accept his statement. Accepting means to put their trust in it. Meaning, okay, we're gonna do that. That's why faith without being shown as faith through love to the neighbor is not faith. It's not that because you said it again this brings me back to what i said about dabar dabbara it's a managerial terminology and aman very interestingly goes along the same line that's why they are very potent words in the old and the new testament but then if you put your faith your trust in my word you aman so you are amine, you are faithful, but I, and it's an assumption on your part, I am amine to my words, otherwise it's not going to function. And that's Romans chapter three. How could God have faith in what? So my hearers have to make the effort to stay with me within the original to capture the connections that in Greek you use different words. Mm-hmm. Like in Greek you have pistevo and pithome, two different words, you know, but they play. In the original, the interaction between these words is through the root. But then you trust what I say means practically that you feel assured of the correctness of my word. You don't put your trust blindly, that's stupidity. You figure out things and you decide to put your trust. That's why you have to listen first to the message. If you don't put your trust, turn your back. I'll talk to someone else but people always are egocentric that if I refuse as though the world is going to collapse remember what I say my best classes are the elective classes if you don't want to attend I'll have less students to teach your loss not mine so here I connected with you faithfulness Assurance and safety security, in other words, you feel at safe. This is the aman in Arabic or amn. Just to give you an example, which I give all around. The insurance company, you call it insurance. In Arabic we call it ta'min from the same root. The Security Council, we call it Majlis Al The police, in Arabic we call them Kiwa, the forces of Am. It's not the army with fighting. So in Arabic in the Semitic languages, I don't know about modern Hebrew, I'm talking Arabic now the interconnection between faithfulness on the part of the speaker, faithfulness on the part of whom you accept, assuredness on the part of the speaker, assuredness, putting your trust into, to assure the safety and peace and so on, it is the same root. Like in Arabic in some translations where you read in Hebrew that you hear peace, peace, and there is no peace. In Arabic you can translate it either salam or aman. It doesn't make any difference. In this context. A street at night and so on. You want to go on foot or you want to drive? Hattari Amin, is it safe? Okay. This is how I would answer, but I prefaced all that with the trouble that in Hebrew, the emet does not sound as aman, which doesn't happen in Arabic okay the noon is weak but not that weak in a way that it appears so if you stay within the original you can see the interconnection that it has a different function that when god is faithful to his word has a different connotation than you having to be faithful to his message okay so even the same word when you say Allah I Amin, mean, in this case you have to translate trustworthy. Because it sounds more correct in English. If you're asking if the parishioner is I Amin, mean, faithful is a better translation.
0: Father Paul, today it's been really helpful the way you've re-emphasized something that I think Richard and I have worked on for years, beginning with our first classes with you, this unique function of the word dabar, and now hearing you talk about it again today, and then considering this fact in light of your thesis about Hebrew being a concocted biblical language, it begs the question, is this word in biblical Hebrew in a way specifically engineered to undermine Hellenistic philosophy, to undermine the Greek word logos? considering the fact that the scriptural writer concocted this language in again their showdown with Greek religion and philosophy and culture. I'm convinced of that.
1: Uh, Let me begin
0: with the fact that
1: you know the verbal forms are seven, but not all verbs have the seven forms. They could have them theoretically but in the Bible are not used. Some of them, for instance, to battle is in the passive Nilham. It's not very strange for someone who knows Greek. It's like the verb erchome. It sounds middle or passive, but it's an active verb. It is what it is in languages. And for me, the biblical language is the language of the Bible. I don't know if it existed or didn't exist before. That's my source. To appeal to a Hebrew scholar of the fourteenth century in Spain it does not help me, let alone modern Hebrew, beginning with their pronunciation of the consonants. It's what you find. Number one, this triliteral dabar is not found in the first form, Kal, the simple kaal. It appears as de bear, form three. This is how you say you speak. Now they have another word to say you say amar. So they have their ways, but this root is found only in form number three. It is as though you're making an effort of repetition. Remember what they say about PIL is the iterative form. Like shabar means he broke, she bare, he smashed. So already the basic form of speaking, verbal form is verb number three. That in itself is something to be considered. I believe that it is meant to leave the bar as standing noun on its own to counteract the platonic logos and to force you to realize that there is not an eternal something there that is expressed in this. It is the expressions you have display in John to which I refer you have laws and loi and rima and rimata you have a play between the singular and the plural i'm convinced this is intended you cannot say well here it's many words and here one word no and here i bring back the example i referred to earlier where the words that came from the lord to Jeremiah was words that the Lord put in the mouth of Jeremiah. As simple as that. But there is another thing which is not touched upon by your question, but I like to bring about you have a more forceful play on this root in the Bible. In that out of the many terms that refer to the wilderness, it is the word midbar. Whether it existed in other Semitic languages before or not, as Richard spoke about the Het and then Hutashi and so on, it doesn't matter. What matters is that when you read it consonantally the mem the dalet the bet and the resh m d b r it is exactly the same word that if you vocalize it otherwise and very often it is vocalized otherwise mudabber means the one who is speaking the speaker that for me cannot be happenstance it is intended that ultimately as we all know the funny thing is that when i go around and come back i come back to the conclusion that all agree upon because it's there but i'm explaining to you how it became there it is because the authors were intending to tell you that ultimately God speaks in the wilderness and to the city out of the wilderness because the same four letters m d b r as i said means wilderness they mean the one who speaks and they mean also you can vocalize them midbar from the word all of them are acceptable. It becomes so overwhelming when at the end, even not knowing the original and that is what makes it more potent, it seems that he does his business in the wilderness and he wants to go in the wilderness, you are like a flock and you follow. and that's why you don't have the opportunity to speak yourself as you would in a city and with Plato. Dialogue, remember dialogue. No. Since there is one shepherd, you have the choice to be a sheep or not to be a sheep. To be or not to be of Shakespeare has to be lengthened in the Bible. To be or not to be a sheep. And as a sheep, you can say Ba. Now, whether you mean it, no, yes, the shepherd does not take time to figure out because he knows if you mean no and you wander on your own, you're going to be lost. And thus, the what I call thusness of God's Scripture and word is overwhelming. That's the point. And my classic example, which is overwhelming, and was endorsed by Professor Miller, because it's there before our eyes. You have a full literature called Ugaritic that is consonantal until now. And we read it, we understand it, we translate it, and the greatest Old Testament scholar combines three elements that are majestic in my mind. First he's a Jesuit. Secondly, from Montana, the midbar of North America. Where it is the first state that eliminated the speed limit for truckers <laughs> because you'll never cross it. And he happens to be of Lebanese descent. That's not bad. What a combination. <laughs> And he became the professor of Ugaritic language and literature at the Pontifical Institute, and he wrote the unparalleled three volume commentary on the Old Testament. And he kept saying, If you don't know Ugaritic, he was my predecessor because he didn't know Arabic. If you don't know Ugaritic, you can't understand Psalms. See? Montana, Jesuit, and Lebanese. And I am an Orthodox priest. (laughs) From Gaza. And I know Arabic he doesn't. And somehow mysteriously, we are blood brothers. There you go. So there is something. And let me add to my hearers, because we need to hear it time and again. I know that my hearers know what I'm going to say, but I want them to get it into their system, not just to know it, that the actual texts that we have, not only there are no chapters and verses, the original ones, but you don't have divisions between words. Because they calculated the lines by having the same number of consonants, and the Greeks also did the same. But the Greek is easier because you have the vowels; you can guess more easily. But how do they divide? Who tells you that the word ends here and? And my classic example are the three letters back to back. K, L, B. In Hebrew. What does it mean? I don't know beforehand. It could mean Caleb, which means dog. It could mean Kol B, which means all those who are in, or everything that is in. And it could mean Kaleb as a heart correct professor yes now which of the three i cannot answer you like that i have to see it in context to answer you so to come back to functionality for me it's not that it's interesting or really it's impressive oh i no it's to be or not to be for a text And that's the way things are. And again, perhaps the Lord, according to me and to the hood I can speak in his name, the Lord has willed that Ugaritic literature be kept and be discovered at one point in my book, and late enough to whip Western scholarship after so many centuries of blah, 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 blah. Because if it would have discovered earlier, then we would have been all like Ben Rashi, the beloved of Dr. Benton, who criticized his colleagues, the Jews in Spain, that they can't get it because they don't know Arabic. There you go. So way before me was Dahood, and way before Dahood was Ben Rashi from Spain. And he was no dummy. So, thank you for the question in the sense that it's something we need to And I'm thankful, I have to say it here, that I came to St. Paul and uh, I started and a few people responded, it doesn't, which is plenty for me. And regular people, just members of the parish, with whom I'm gonna start reading my way scripture with them. And we planned already the three upcoming years. I finished the book with them, they didn't finish it. Under my whip. And then the next three years under my whip. We're going to read first passages from the historical books because they are easier, then the following year prophetic books, then the following year Psalms and Proverbs, at least passages from. That is unheard of. That in four years a group of people are able, because they submitted to this approach, to work together and get to the text. And we're not going to do theology every word and it's easy because in modern publications the words are already separated but i want them to parse each word and they have to submit to this new approach unlike western language words, where you begin with the beginning of the word and you make down no you concentrate on the center that gives you the root and then you work on the prefixes and the suffixes Now, this is going to happen in St. Paul, Minnesota. Which means it can. What they do with it, I'm not responsible. But that this can be done. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.